Hello and welcome to Meet My Potential podcast where we talk to leaders from around the world to inspire and to ignite your potential. This is your host Deepa Natarajan that in and girl from Toulouse in France. And today we're going to talk about the inadequacies of the rational mind with Joel Monk. Joel Monk is the co-founder of Coaches Rising. Coaches Rising is dedicated to evolve the practice of coaching. And Joel personally is a coach, a teacher and an entrepreneur. And I love the question that he explores and he, that he lives by. The question that he loves exploring is, what is it to awaken and live fully and genuinely impact the world in my own unique way? So before we get started with Joel Monk on the inadequacies of the rational mind, if you haven't signed up and if you haven't watched my latest masterclass on how you can achieve success and well-being and make that transformative change just head over to meetmypotential.com. So that's www.meetmypotential.com slash webinar. And you can watch the video. So let's together rethink the way we lead. All right, let's talk about the inadequacies of the rational mind with Joel Monk. Hello and welcome, Joel, to this episode on Meet My Potential podcast. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing very good. Thanks, Deepa. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. We checked in a little bit and I'm excited to speak today. Exactly. And we want to speak about the inadequacies of the rational mind. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, you know, it's a bit of a provocative thing to say. And I want to begin by saying I think the rational mind is a, a beautiful thing here that's brought many gifts to us as individuals and collectively. You know, I'm talking about this, the, the mind that can analyze and solve problems and, you know, see systems and things. And, and you know, I always point back to how I think this was like in the Enlightenment era and then the Industrial Revolution, we kind of like really started to privilege this rational way of thinking about the world and it produced many amazing things, the field of science and, and you know, it's a huge impact. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. And, and I feel that overemphasizing that or, leave, or only relying on that has left us ill-equipped to, to deal with these times that we find ourselves in. We're, we're being invited to expand our, uh, the place that we source ourselves from in order to meet these times more creatively and compassionately and skillfully. It's funny. Sometimes, you know, the things that get us there are not enough to take us where we want to go next. If we get a lot into action and if we're into doing, that's so great because we get stuff done, we move ahead. But doing too much of that just leads us to the negative effects of getting to too much doing, like burnout and fatigue. And too much of something good is not good either. So it seems like the rational mind, which has a lot of capacities to create a lot of good things, reaches its own limits at some point of time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You know, I like with a lot of my clients, it, they, they reach a point where you, it's beautifully said, you said, what, what got you here won't get you there. And I did a title of a talk, what got us here won't get us there in the embodiment conference that was on recently. And and it's as if like we reach the limits of this, this kind of rational part of us or conventional part of us that is often focused on, on achievement and okay. a certain kind of success and um, action orientation. And, and again, those are 
again, we're careful. They're not bad in and of themselves. Exactly. I uh, am a lot like that. So yeah. no, it's, not, it's right. not so bad. And at the same no. time, it's like an and, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's an and. Exactly. And so um, I noticed that, I don't know how many years ago it was, but I remember like eight years ago, you know, things like spirituality and meditation, presence, embodiment, these were like really fringe words in my coaching or like, yeah, I'd meet leaders and they'd talk in secret about it. You know, like I've got a spiritual <laughs> practice and um, that's really changed now. You know, I think it's, they're not like dirty words anymore. Like people recognize that in order to, and this is where it's not fluffy. Yeah? It's incredibly practical in order to meet these times, these complex, chaotic, uncertain times we need to expand where we source ourselves from and that, you know, the body is a great step in that, you know, beginning mm -hmm. to develop body intelligence, emotional intelligence, and to cultivate presence. All these things can actually, they have so many positive effects on us in terms of our well-being. You know, Dan Siegel talks about even the effect that it has on our the you know on our chemistry body chemistry positive effects you know that they're discovering mm. now but also in the way that we can lead other people be in complexity and to you know find a sense of clarity and creativity and and decisiveness that wasn't available to us um, when we were only in our rational minds which can quite quickly jump to see everything as problems and and, and analyze in a way that yeah, it doesn't always work. Right, exactly. And so, Joel, for you personally, what was that moment of awakening where you realized that I need another form of intelligence? I need to tap into what my body is telling me. I need to tap into my emotions. I need to tap into the information that nature is actually informing me. What was that moment for you in your life when this awakening happened? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, in a way, it's like a series of moments. I would say that the big one was actually quite, uh, when I was about 24 years old, I actually was, um, this is going a long time back, but, <laughs> but I was a DJ in nightclubs and an artist, and I was pretty successful for my age, you know, um, and it was great, but it's very hedonistic. And so I just woke up one morning and I just burst into tears. And I knew that I had to go on some kind of journey to connect back to myself. I basically felt disconnected from who am I? Like, who am I really? What do I really want? Yeah, and so that might sound like, huh, how does that really connect to this sense mm. of the rational mind? And, and yeah, it somehow does for me. It's like it brought me into this fundamental exploration of who am I? on a moment-by-moment -moment level, and what is my life about? And contrast that with, I think, uh, a sense of, like, if I expand, if I expand this um, idea of the rational self, it's like often comes with a, um, a sense of conventionality. It's like we, we're living our lives, and perhaps we've not questioned so much, like, what is my life to be led in this lifetime? What do I really want to be? What do I really want to do? We might be still following the scripts that we've inherited from our upbringing. That those things can be can take us only so far, and then we reach this point where you know it, it's just not it's just not enough. You know, we like I, I've got a certain amount of success. 
I just want to stop there, yeah. Joel, because you just said something very, very key here. Follow scripts of our upbringing. We get socialized. Every education system, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just normal part of upbringing is we get socialized to, and there's a certain conditioning to be in a certain way to, to live in a certain way where achievement success is defined in a certain way and performance and rational mind. There's a certain attribute given to these definitions, taking responsibility in that moment to say, who am I and what is the work that I need to do? Who am I in service of? What's my purpose here? These are great questions to stop and reflect. And you did that. And very often we don't do that in our lives. Right. Yeah. And I think that, these times we're in right now, you know, with the with the pandemic yeah. and the looming, you know, environmental crises that may make the pandemic we're facing now look like, you know, peanuts, like like this was just the kindergarten, you know, <laughs> that actually that's having more and more people stop, you know, like it's like the music stopped, you know, and right. and, and suddenly we're like, well, well who are we like what the cupboards are bare you know so mm. i think many people now are being invited into that question more deeply who am i what's my life to be led and i think you know that connects back to like this journey that we can make beyond this conventionality beyond over reliance on the rational mind and into this place of aligning with a sense of deeper purpose and what is it like to embody that and how that can even bring in qualities that allow us to meet complexity from a higher order or from a different order of mind, you know? So we're throw I'm throwing in a lot of terms here. I want to uh, be careful about using too much jargon, but <laughs> right. we're painting a picture that speaks to people. Yeah. So, so the question I have really is like, what is that intelligence that we want to tap into more of that we have underutilized you know, we've tapped into our, intelli our rational intelligence tremendously, and we know how to do that. We've been raised in to do that. But what is that intelligence that we have not been trained and we need more of today in these times? Great questions. I would say that to give it one label is, uh, is kind of tricky. <laughs> but what, what I would point to is immediately I would point to embodiment. Mm -hmm. you know? So I would say that we're being invited to access our embodied life more mm. and that's not just our, our you know our bodies yeah it's not just so I would always I work with my clients one of the places we always start to go is on the level of physical sensation yeah mm -hmm. so beginning to include that in our you know in our lives more but it's actually that's like the foundation for then accessing something like intuition mm -hmm. yeah? or, you know, this kind of knowingness that we often have that is, you know, it's, it's just different than the rational mind, you know, like, you, you, it's like, for example, you might know this, uh, li people listening now, it's like, you can be analyzing a decision you need to make the pros and cons, all the different permutations and possibilities. And it's endless, you know, and it's like, in some ways, 
you're, you're trying to like know what the imagined future is. Yeah. And that's <laughs> I remember, what, I remember right, back ahead. in college days, like, you know, university, oh, should I do this or should I do that? Which opportunity do I take? Oh, on the left side, let me put a list of all the uh, pros. And on the right side, let me put a list of all the cons of this opportunity and that, and we weigh it out. And then somehow our brain has automatically tuned into actually doing that. Right, right. And like what I, what I found is that, is that, um, in some ways, we're trying to know what an imagined future would be, yeah. Yeah. And so that uh, an analytical mind—it's—it's it's, that's his gift, yeah. He can analyze the possibilities and 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 weigh things up. And then what happens is, yeah, it, it can get caught in that and it never finds the answer. So often with my clients, we'll we'll just tune into this felt sense of experience, like what's here now that you've weighed up all these possibilities. What what's emerging for you? What are you what are you sensing into? And then they will they know it when they find what they know about that. Yeah, like they mm. they they know it when they find their authenticity or their truth around the possibilities they're weighing up. You know, and it drops in, and then they're like, okay, boom, this is it. Yeah, so that's this is like where this is leading to, like embodiment. You know, it's it's enabling us to access ourselves as an instrument that can make more attuned decisions. You wanted to say something, I think. Yeah. No, I was thinking like, you know, we often make the decision at the emotional level and then we come up with all the data that would actually be relevant to the, our emotional decision. And you had a great intuition that I wanted to say something because right now we can't see each other. And this is exactly what we want people to tap into more of is like, you know, while you're talking, feel and tap into something that you can't see actually, but you can kind of feel and say, oh, I think Deepa wants to say something. I think there's something else over here. And how do we actually create a space for that? Right, right. In a way, you're, it's beautiful what you just said, because in what you said is, is part of the answer to that, the space for that. And so th- that that's part of the, um, I think, the, the rational mind or this conventional self that we're labeling it as, you know, that it's often focused on doing all the time, action. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so if there's a problem, then it's like, let's kick into action to fix this. But that leaves no space. So if we take this idea of embodiment further, it's actually in these complex times, we're being invited to create a sense of presence that can hold that space for the clarity to emerge for emergence to take place, you know, for, for that, that, that realization or that insight to take place, you know, so you could be there with your team and uh, you're all just talking all the time and there's a fast pace, you know, that, that might Mm. lead down a certain direction. But if somebody in the room is able to say, wait a minute, let like, Mm. I sense like there's so much frustration here right now. And I get that, you know, so they're, they're not making that wrong, but they're, they're allowed, they're, they're naming what's here because they can sense it and name it. And they say like, ah, oh, I feel that frustration too. And I, I wonder like, what if we just take a breath or we pause for a moment <laughs> and then there's a, there's a dropping deeper. And then often from that deeper place, there's a sense of clarity that can emerge from the integration that's, you know, taking place by naming what's here. So so that's beautiful what you said about how do we create the space for that because space is so important. And, and, and just one last thing I would add is like, you know, the rational mind, it's like we talk about developing cognitive complexity. 
that's a good thing, you know, to be able to think in increasingly complex ways and take increasingly complex perspectives. And there's a kind of simplicity that we need to cultivate too, which is, <laughs> which is a, a capacity of presence more than thinking. As we cultivate presence, we create this kind of clarity, perceptual clarity, which greatly enhances our effectiveness as leaders in the moment. So, yeah, this is the bigger picture that's starting to, to weave as we speak together. Beautiful. You know, you spoke about cognitive complexity. And uh, I did a couple of short videos. I just started a YouTube channel. Even in my podcast, I asked guests at the end of the show, what's one message? What's one advice that you would give for people to shift from where they are today? And I always ask for one I had a feedback. People said to me, some people, oh, I only get one thing out of your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because our brains are so used to like five ways uh, to overcome fatigue or six ways to sleep better or 10 ways in which you can reduce stress. Like, you know, we're making everything so complex. And my goal here is not to simplify things. But just like, what's that one simple step that you can take? Because we've, there's too much of cognitive overload that's happening today. And when we stay with just one topic, right, and one tip and one advice, we are actually forcing everyone to stay present with that and not run away to the next thing and the next thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm very inspired by that, actually. I do think that this information is out there. You know, we, we are, we are not short on information. Yeah. That's yeah. not, that's not the, that's not the practice that's really needed in these times. Yes. Okay. Being informed is, is a good thing and being educated that those are great, but it's actually in the, in the practice, you know, of whatever injunction you use meditation or mindfulness or, you know, uh, working out or yoga or any, anything, but it's uh, walking in nature you know, but it's like what creates that shift in you where you access more of yourself, more of your capacity, yeah, the, and, and not just more information. Absolutely right. So we need to create space for this to actually cultivate our senses, to be actually, to tune into the emotions, to tune into uh, what do I feel is uh, the energy of this meeting room, even if it's on Zoom, like what do I sense is happening and to be able to channel and use that. The thing is like, we all have the senses and we don't need any training. But as you rightly mentioned, we need to give it the space because when we don't give it that space, what I see happening is people jump to conclusions and judgments very quickly. Oh, I see you're not interested in what I said, or in my proposal, or in my idea. Oh, I think you're against this. Yes, but there's a step before that. And the step before that is that I see that you're frustrated with what is being presented. I see that you're not okay, and name it, like you just rightly said. Yeah, so, so that's the capacity we're cultivating, yeah? Like that, that, that quality of attention, you know, just, just to add another perspective in here, mm -hmm. which I think just builds on, it's like Dan Siegel talks about window of tolerance, you know, mm -hmm. that when we're outside of our window of tolerance, we can feel stressed and mm -hmm. uh, potentially become more traumatized, you know. Exactly. And inside the window of tolerance, we, act, we start to 
activate you know different parts of our nervous system and chemicals and we we relax we become more grounded centered more connected and perceptive to others and so you know and what what moves us inside that window of tolerance is well you know is is things like walking in nature or or becoming present or you know experiencing a genuine warm connection with another person slowing down space all those things can bring us inside of that which opens us back up again to these intelligences that close down uh, when we're stressed when the cortisol is firing and we kind of get in that hamster wheel you know and we're all running around in that hamster wheel so it accentuates this picture we're painting of the rational mind or this doingness that we we all get caught in you know, so so this is another perspective I want to add. It's very practical, and it it it's actually um, health inducing and um, creates well being. You know, and and that allows us to do what you said. You know, like to rather than to be like pumped up and then jump into the next thing with speed. It's like no, we say ah, like I see there's something happening here. I can perceive it because I'm I'm more grounded and present and here. So. Yeah. Fantastic. For those of you who are listening and wondering what's the next big thing we're going to say right now, <laughs> well, this is the big thing that we just, that Joel just shared, which is expand your window of tolerance through practices like walking in nature, taking time to breathe in whatever way you like to breathe, mindfulness, meditation, could be cooking. But these things not only replenish your energy, but also give space for the non-rational intelligence to grow within you, which actually finally helps you to expand your consciousness. And I wouldn't say manage complexity, but rather live in this complex space and thrive in that complex place. What's your take on that, Joel? Yeah, yeah no, I think you said it well. It's like, it increases our capacity to be in complexity, you know? So, and that's not a given, but it's like if, if we're stressed out and, and amped up, you know, then anything that's, uh, we, we have a low kind of uh, sense of tolerance or resilience to, or a lesser sense of resilience and tolerance to uncertainty or to, you know, novel things that come into our experience. And so, the more we're in those, this window of tolerance, the more that our nervous system is regulated and we're grounded and centered. And, and then, you know, the body again and this, this non-rational kind of part of us is online. That's the thing that can welcome un uncertainty, the, the unknown, you know. It's like, <laughs> oh, the, and that's, that's like because, you know, Dave Snowden's work with Kinevin, it's like it's with complexity we want to be sensing more, sensing and then acting and then sensing. And I'm, you know, kind of like maybe missing parts of his model. Uh, but, but yeah, this is like for me what I took away. It's like we want to be cultivating that capacity to sense and see what information is arising that we might have not sensed before or we might have felt was a threat and, and um, closed down to. So, so that's, this is where it becomes very I, I i'd say not even just practical but i think it's an imperative the reason we are in this kind of relationship with nature you know destructive relationship where we destroy mm. the earth's resources i think is because we are disconnected from our bodies and from these um, other intelligences from the whole from more of who we are 
And that allows us to take certain actions that I don't think we will take if we expand and begin to sense our environments and, and one another in a different way. We will, I think then we'll, 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 we'll feel more, we'll feel more, and we'll feel like this is not okay. And, it, and that change is happening. So I think it's not just practical. I think all this stuff is, is an imperative, actually. You're absolutely right. From very small examples, like when we come back from vacation, we somehow have a greater tolerance to things that we wouldn't have tolerated before the vacation. From something as simple as that to taking responsibility to what is happening in the world today, if you're not sensing, if you're not in that space, then how are we taking care of our planet? From our relationships, from our mental well-being, to taking care of our society and the world at large. Yeah, yeah. I would just say, I think anyone listening now, I'd just say, like, just take a moment and just feel what this conversation is touching inside of you. And it may be anything, you know, it might be that you feel frustrated with what we're talking about, or, <laughs> it, but, but it may be that there's, you know, there's also something inside of you that's recognizing this journey that we're being invited on, you know, inside of yourself too. And I think that's important. So in a way, what I'm doing right now is guiding you into something inside of you that is resonating or responding to what we're saying. And I'm saying that that is important too in this moment. Uh, that, 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 that to honor that and perhaps follow that is important. Beautiful. Be it positive or negative emotions, let's welcome everything. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Joel, for being here with us. And before we end this episode... What would be your one last message to the audience? Yeah, you asked about a tip. And um, is this where you want me to share that? Or is yes. this, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think just in the spirit of what we're talking about, my tip would be in this moment, wherever you are, if you're, you know, if you're on the treadmill listening to this podcast, or if you're in a car or walking, or just in your house, just, just take a breath. Just, just actually allow your attention to drop right now down into your body so you can feel it and hook and drop into your chest and belly and just sense directly and take a breath And as you do that, just notice what's here. Just noticing what's here without judging it. And that's what I'd offer now, Deeper, is just that moment of pausing and resting. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for bringing this. It was very precious. We're often running to the next thing, and to the next one. You bring a sense of calmness and groundedness to people and to this episode. Thank you so much. Mm. 
Yeah, thank you. Well, I can feel the quality of our connection or the, the space change. And thank you, Deepa, for inviting me. I hope this has been of use or service to people listening. So, of course, yeah, important conversation. What's one way people can get in touch with you? Yeah, well, I would say you can reach me um, by email, joelmonk at coachesrising.com. And also our website, coachesrising.com, uh, if you're particularly if you're inter interested in coaching and things. Those are, that's two ways. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's been fantastic having you here. Thank you so much, Joel. Thank you, Deepa. If you liked this episode, I'd appreciate if you can give us some feedback. You can either head over to iTunes or any other podcast application that you're using. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I look forward to talking to you here again in a week's time. And until then, stay cool.